You know, someone once asked me, would I rather be a politician or a weaver? And I simply said, I'd rather have foot in mouth than loom in ears. On this week's show, we'll be talking about Papa Roach. Hello, hello. Welcome to In Five, uh, the show where myself and a guest attempt to condense the career, output and attitude of an artist into just five songs. Today, I'm very pleased to be joined by a very talented singer-songwriter and good friend of mine, Laura Farrow. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for that lovely introduction. Oh, um, yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So, yeah. Well, as I say, it's my pleasure. I've been a a very keen listener uh, of yours since I first saw you a couple of years ago in Manchester. Uh, yeah. Playing, funnily enough, I think you did a Lumineers song. <laughs> yeah. Oddly. Funny, uh, yeah. <laughs> that song's something that I'm going to delve into later. I mean, there's a, obviously, there's, there's a bit of a, for both of us, there's a bit of a personal angle to this. I mean, mine doesn't yeah, go yeah. much further than that, but at least there is a personal angle. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. Uh, Seriously, check out uh, Laura Farrow's stuff. Uh, it's on Spotify. I've got the the proper physical EP. You know, I'm oh, one okay. of those. First things first, uh, the Lumineers. Now, I'll be honest, this yeah. was a group that I barely knew anything about or thought I barely knew anything about until I saw you live performing mm-hmm. uh, Ho Hey. And uh, I had no yeah. idea that it was a cover at first, to be quite honest, um, which just shows yeah. how in tune I was with the music <laughs> of the noughties in general. Yeah. But, so I realised, <laughs> listening back through some of their stuff, that I have heard some of it before. I mean, some of it I've heard yeah. on adverts and some of it I just realised, wait a minute, that was a hit single. I'd forgotten. Yeah. So, Laurie, you and the Lumineers, what's the story? Oh, okay. So, like, just like yourself, I heard the Lumineers through an advert, funnily enough. Like, I didn't come across them, like, in some sort of, like, cool way of, like, watching them live. They were supporting someone or anything like that. Literally, I think they were, like, on some like maybe life insurance advert or some car insurance advert I think Kohei uh was the track mm. and um yeah I was just like oh I actually quite like this. this is pretty decent I think at the time it was kind of around the time that like Mumford and Sons and everything was coming around so like mm-hmm. kind of the whole folky pop indie vibes was quite quite popular at the time so I was like oh I'll check these guys out and then from there I kind of just spiraled into the like the album and was just like became a hardcore fan to be honest yeah. like yeah cool so I mean what what particularly sort of 
got you so deeply into them exactly I think for me personally like like looking back now at the time it was probably how catchy the songs were and like just the instrumentation and how they kind of like had everything set out it felt purposeful for some weird reason like it felt like they wouldn't just have a random like cello part if it didn't need to be there but like now looking back on it I'm like oh no that's it seems quite tactical and it seems kind of like they are trying to create a pop song if that makes sense um but yeah I think it's just the instrumentation like just the lyric lyrical themes like the really good storytellers Mm -hmm. I would say um but yeah for those who are just joining us uh welcome i hope you find this an edifying experience what we will do is try and pick five tracks from the artist's discography separated into five different categories first category will be a track which we hope represents some of their influences the second will be a track we feel might best represent their everyday or archetypal sound if they have such a thing the third is what we feel represents their best elements in a single song, not necessarily our favourite songs. The fourth will be what we feel to be perhaps their worst elements or their less successful elements. Of course, it's all subjective. And finally, a track which perhaps represents where they are now. Right, well, without further ado, I shall throw it over to Laura. Uh, Right, influences. Yeah, so... On their first album, um, they released a song called Ain't Nobody's Problem, uh, which they didn't actually write, to be fair. They know this guy called Sawmill Joe, and like it's basically his song, but they basically just recorded it and put it on their album. It's probably one of my favourite Lumineers songs, to be honest, even though it's technically not theirs, but... Yeah, like they have like massive influence from like that and like Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen and stuff. Oh, and, yeah. like definitely. Just like when you see it live as well, like that song, each individual band member just has their own part and kind of like just sounds really good. Yeah, fair. you see, I've not experienced that that side of them. I mean, I've I've heard some yeah, of the live yeah. recordings they've put out, but it's obviously you know, yeah. it's quite limited. I mean, I like yeah. the fact that they kind of they can be surprisingly intimate live. I mean, some of the yeah. Some of the tracks are surprisingly unadorned, yet it adds a sort of extra, yeah. an extra level of connection to it. I think, but yeah, um, definitely, yeah, yeah. That's that. That's a cool pick because I mean that's one I I didn't directly consider. It oddly, it almost sounds a little more. It's almost a little more bluesy than the rest of the first yeah. album, but it is very yeah. much in, in the same sort of rootsy like. Appalachian ballpark yeah. they seem to be pulling from. Yeah. But um I but think it, it's kind of just because simply because they like they literally titled it on their first album as their own song. And like they don't really explain that it's someone else's song. That's no. why I was kind of like, okay, that's that must be like the biggest compliment to the artist that the fact that they've like literally put on like their album as their own. Mm-hmm. But it's every time they 
played it live to explain like the story behind it and stuff like that. So that's why I thought I just picked that one to be fair. No, fair point. Fair point. Yeah. Uh, my pick is also off the first album. I mean, it, I'll be honest. In this category, a lot of them tend to come from like early releases, like first EPs, yeah, yeah, first yeah. albums, because you can. The influence is a little more raw. They're more likely to be showing elements yeah. of plagiarism. But yeah, the the t- track I chose was Charlie Boy off the debut. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which um, and part of the reason for that is you mentioned Bob Dylan. You mentioned Bruce Springsteen yeah. in particular. Yeah. Um, Definite Bob Dylan twangs from time to time, the odd things yeah. that they'll throw in. But more so than that, I think Bruce Springsteen is probably the one American. in terms of more modern songwriters. Yeah. Is this a t- is this sort of modernised folk where he'll yeah, keep yeah. it as simple as traditional folk song and its lyrical themes, but the the subjects, the objects being used are very modern. I mean, like with Bruce Springsteen, yeah. he's got cars and girls, yeah. as they say. Uh, the yeah, highway yeah. as a metaphor with the lumineers yeah. they've got things like you know well the gun is used as well as, as a later yeah. one as a and yeah there's little modern details scattered throughout like the a lovely detail they put into one of their tracks slow it down which is the uh yeah break it breaking That's into like the car favorite. but they didn't touch the stereo yeah. I like yeah, that little think... detail <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a modern detail for a song that's obviously going for a rootsy roots yeah, yeah, yeah. but mm-hmm. um but yeah there's a definite sort of in the uh instrumentations a definite hark back to the sort of appalachian folk thing mandolin yeah. on that track is very striking instantly evokes yeah. an older sound it's almost like they're trying i mean the song is about the vietnam war but yeah, yeah. they are very much trying to I think they're trying to make it sound like a like a civil war song. Yeah, in a way. yeah it's like these, yeah, yeah. you know, it's creating a sense of continuity, which a lot of I think modern modern folk singers would yeah. would tend to do. First morning, forty four. Kennedy made him believe we. I think the story behind Charlie Boy was basically like um, his uncle that he never met went to literally fight like in the Vietnam War sort of thing. So I think he's like he's trying to respect the fact that like that's a choice that he made, but also kind of like it's a war at the end of the day. So I think mm. that's probably why you get that sort of like civil warness about it, I guess, maybe. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's the language used as well, like the um, the clarion calls and things in the chorus. It, it is meant to evoke yeah. that, and I think it, it deliberately, well... These are all my problems, but I'm going to do it in a popular way. Sort yeah. Of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's but that's that's what folk traditions are all about. I mean, that's what the blues is about. Yeah. It's kind of, it's a cultivation of individual problems, you know, through, yeah. through a, an understandable form. Right. Good choice. <laughs> well, now we've got to decide uh, oh. which one of those, in fact, it is. Oh, out of them, I would say probably your influence choice is probably better because, like, I think 
you've made some really good points about the Bruce Springsteen, like the sort of songwriting, that technique that they use, the storytelling of the Illuminators. It's very flowy. And I feel like that song's probably represents it better than Ain't Nobody's Problem. That's more bluesy, I would say. So I would say you swayed me on that one, to be honest. All right, okay. Sure. (laughs) You wasn't expecting that, was you? (laughs) No, not not really. Uh, But sure, I'll go with that. You'll probably take some points back as the rounds go on. But um, right, cool. All right then, Charlie Boy for influences. Now for the second category, what do you feel is the archetypal sort of sound and approach of the Lumineers? Uh, if there is such a thing it is this one, yeah I feel like this one's kind of hard because like I feel like depending what album you're listening to by the Lumineers mm. is what you kind of want to get so like they're like I reckon people probably relate more to the sort of like poppy folky side of them like some of the first album stuff like Stubborn Love and stuff like that or mm. just Flowers in the Hair sort of rives like that's kind of stereotypical sort of Lumineers but then I don't feel like that reflects how they are as actual like artists, if that makes sense. It sounds really bad, but I feel like they're kind of mainstream sort of like they've done them songs purposely to kind mm. of get the listeners, listeners' attention and they're like the main singles. But like some of the stuff from the third album, I would say is like properly where like their actual like lyric writing and the actual structure of the songs and like how they want to write is how they actually are if that makes sense interesting i mean it, uh, could you give uh, examples personally like knowing them as a band i would say how they actually are would be something like it wasn't easy to be happy for you um, oh right yes album. yes um because it's still kind of poppy but it's got more grit to it than like some of the first album i would say i feel like the first album is stereotypical their normal sound or whatever but like i feel like as artists i think their integrity is more in the third album So that's why I, like, I don't know. That's why I'm always torn between two choices on this one because, like, but mind you, they've got like slow it down on the first album, which is very like pure and very sort of like. Yeah, it, it does sound rather different. The same with Morning Song at the end. That's very, yeah. um, they're kind of the, the, the deep cuts, if you like, of the yeah. first album. Yeah, but, uh... I'd say, ooh, probably slow it down then because I feel like that's still sort of got the element of like, commercial and sort of it's not poppy but it's it doesn't have as much grit to like some of the stuff that they do later yeah Yeah. it's still got you know it's it's still got a memorable hook slow it down but it's very subdued and it's one of the ones Mm. that's kind of you know it's not like a you know two and a half minute you know you sing along and then it's gone it's kind of you 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 know you do have to concentrate a bit (laughs) 
because yeah. um, you know, because I was trying to listen to that earlier on, and I was trying to decipher what the the story actually was. Because I mean, uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm always sort of captivated by that first verse. I think I sort of uh, alluded yeah. to that earlier on with the, just the the imagery they draw up and the um, yeah. Hang on, what's the line? The walls they're closing in with velvet curtains. Uh, yeah. So there's a part of me that when I first listened to it, it was like, is this song about death or like, mm. like with like velvet curtains and stuff like that? But then like it could just be symbolised like the end of a relationship sort of thing, maybe. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 weird how different people interpret stuff. I guess it is. I mean, it's that it, it, I I I I have no idea what that song means. I'll be quite honest. Uh, I mean, it yeah. evokes for me. It's it's more the mood it evokes in the early in the early yeah. bars that's sort of memorable for me. But I wish I knew. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I knew what it was saying later on because it is. Yeah. You know, it starts referring to the female character more directly. Um, yeah. And then a lot of that, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No clue. I feel you. <laughs> You're making noise in my street. My blinds are drawn, I can't see Smashed in my car window Didn't touch the stereo Slow it down And you come back to bed Rest your arms and rest your legs. But no, that's that's a good pick. And it is, I, I, yeah. I do know exactly what you mean uh, about the third yeah. album as well, being a compromise yeah. in a way between the first and the second for me. I Yeah. If I actually, at this point, my, if I had to pick one album of theirs that I would say that's yeah. that's the one that I would sit with for a long time and enjoy exploring more. It'd yeah. be the second one, it'd be Cleopatra. Second one, second album is great, to be fair. Like, I feel like in the second album, they do more of a transition into like what they're coming into, I would say, mm. sort of mm. thing. But I don't know. Well, I think they kind of um, they parted ways with the cellist, I think, after the second album. Um, ah. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's Nyla or N- Nila. Um, but then third album they got like a violinist called Lauren. So I think they've gone down a little bit grungy sort of route, but, but not grungy if that makes sense. But like, I don't know, seems a bit more dark and doomed the third album in comparison to the other two. Um, yeah, and they're experimenting a bit, like things like Jimmy Sparks I've noticed as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's got more of a, it's like a, it's got more of a garagey sound. To be fair, funnily enough, I actually wrote, I actually wrote Ophelia as doubt, like original as my original answer for this one on the really? second album. Oh, okay, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. As I say, you know, this is none of this is going to be set in stone, except perhaps for my one for the next round, which is a, oh, okay. a, a real a real personal favourite of mine. But um, yeah, but in terms of the archetypal sound, as I say, for yours, I I, yeah. I really get what you I mean. I might change my answer then. <laughs> I'm going to go for Ophelia then. All so right. Actually... Why do you say that? Because I was, I was, I knew exactly where you were coming from with the third album being a sort of, you know, it had elements of their poppy yeah. side of the first album, but actually had a little bit more of an undercurrent. I think to it's it. just because, like, I feel like 
I've seen him live. I've seen him every single album sort of thing. And like mm. I bought tickets to the next one, uh, to all that they're going on. And like every time I've seen him play, they've always said like, this is our real sound. The past two albums are great, but like this is the sort of route we want to go down sort of thing. So I think, okay. I don't know if it's just me being biased towards what they've said, if that makes sense, or whether it's generally like how I feel about it, if that makes sense. It's 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 hard yeah. to say. I mean, it's, it's as I, you know, as I said to you before, when I was initially talking to you about doing this, it's sort of, you yeah. know, you can approach it in any way you like. It's really it's like with influences, you could take that as meaning the direct musical influences. And that's often where I sort of head. Sometimes it can yeah. be what emotional things have influenced an artist. And I've had people coming yeah, on who've actually yeah. made good cases for that and the, and the yeah. elements of their life that have shaped that, shaped their lyricism, yeah. shaped their aesthetic. So, mm. as a, yeah, it, it is difficult. And but there is no yeah. right answer. <laughs> Ultimately. It's funny because I literally I underlined Ophelia, but then I panicked and changed my mind as <laughs> when we were recording. So <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it's just about creating a picture of the artist, really. So yeah, doesn't have to be hard. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to my actual original guns and say Ophelia then instead of okay. uh, slow it down. Okay. Fair. I mean, what? Why specifically yeah. Ophelia? I feel like they have a role for each instrument, if that makes sense. Mm. And. Like you have like a sort of like little piano solo before the chorus and stuff like that. And like, I think it's it's catchy, but then it's it's good storytelling as well, I, I guess. But For mine, I mean, I, I I was being perhaps going a bit more for the obvious side of things, in part yeah. maybe because I'm newer to the band. But yeah. I, I think the problem is that a lot of the songs I think that have, have, have been used on things and that people probably know better than the others are going to be off the first mm. album, really. Yeah. I mean, I didn't realise that there were about three or four songs on there that I knew. Uh, and one of those songs that I knew, which in some ways, when I first heard the opening sort of like mandolin notes to it, I yeah. was like, oh, my goodness, this, it captures a specific time in music in the early 2010s. And I think yeah. this was this was almost like the the poster child for that kind of uh, folk pop yeah. sound. And the track is uh, Classy Girls. Oh, um, uh, OK. Because that's it's just <laughs> I, I mean, it is. And one thing I'll say Oh no, I'm tell a, I tell a lie here. That was from okay. that's, that's my choice for the next one. <laughs> the everyday one. Yeah, okay. I'll start off by just breaking down kind of how I sort of came to the choice that kind of there's a there's a there's an abiding warmth to their material, I think, that goes through, even in their darker moments. It's partly cultivated through the arrangements, through the production, through the instrumentation, also yeah. through a lot of the themes. There's this uh, sense that I think, as I say, this is a very Bruce Springsteen sort of thing of the uh, yeah the, the couple against the world, and uh, yeah. so you know there are a lot of love songs <laughs> in the Luminaries yeah. catalogue, even if they're not sort of strictly down the down the line examples. Yeah. Um, 
I think the sing-along chorus, even at their more muted moments, they can't, you know, that's that's still no. kind of a staple. And in terms of instrumentation, this track has the rumbling percussion, has the, the cello bass, um, and it has this sort of rambunctious atmosphere that's kind of a supposed to or perhaps connote some sort of a live, yeah. free party atmosphere in a way. And the track is Stubborn Love off the, oh, yeah. the debut album. I mean, it has the, of all of them, it has the longest sort of sing-along coda. And yeah, I think yeah. if we're going to represent them as a kind of, it is the most representative of that type. I, I get what you mean, yeah. that it's not it's not exactly their, their deepest track in terms of, it's more a sort yeah. of deliberately general message. As oh, opposed man, I still to it, think you're beating me at this game, man. <laughs> I, I was hoping you'd be able to step in and say, no, you're, you're wrong, because... No, I'm a bit of a when it comes to this type of stuff, I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> Stubborn Love. Yeah, the first album doesn't... It is, like, if you are going to listen to them and, like, you want to listen to them purely because of, like, mm. pop elements and, like, the enjoyability of listening to them, then, yeah, Stubborn Love, like, the first album, like, that sort of album. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you want, like, a gateway into their sort of, like, newer stuff on how they are, I'd say Ophelia. Because it's, like, a bit of... Still got the pop elements and stuff like that, but then I feel like they're sort of edging away a bit more from it in the second album. Yeah, mm, that's a yeah. I, I I feel I do feel that mine is a bit more representative of the earlier poppier side yeah. than in the later stuff. So that's a that's a good point. It's a brilliant song though. Like I love Stubborn Love. Like yeah. I check. I think check both of them out to be honest. But yeah. <laughs> well, with with Stubborn Love, I mean, what I can say about the the that more sing along aspect, it does return on the third album a bit more. Mm. But then again, I don't know, I suppose it's, it's changed its style a lot with things like, you know, the Salt and the Sea, which has a big chorus, mm. but it's not it's not quite the same. I don't know, I think I'm, I'm quite feeling Ophelia as, as the sort of middle ground, because it is yeah. a little bit more of a deep cut. I'll tell you what, let's let's call this one a draw. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know. I'll give you that one. <laughs> we're, we're not going to be releasing this or anything. <laughs> So uh, you know, it's, I'm sure it's fine if we if we over overstep the the track listing, right? Yeah. Okay, so the track which you feel represents the Lumineers' best elements. Oh, best elements. Mm-hmm. Oh, my personal choice, obviously, is thinking my favorite song, but then I'm like, my favorite song definitely doesn't represent the best elements because, like, "Slow It Down" is my favorite song by them. Ah. Because of just the honest of it. But I don't feel like it represents them like well enough. Mm. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Actually, funnily enough, I would actually say probably say stubborn love on this this category. Interesting. Before I uh, like literally the points you made in the previous category, the instrumentation, the sort of sing alongness to it, and like I know I'm saying like oh it's cheesy and stuff like that, and I know I'm like kind of contradicting myself by saying this, but like yeah. Probably still in love, to be fair.
it is in some ways a good representation of what they do. It might not yeah. get all of the strands in place, but yeah, yeah that's the problem with this because there is. It's There's so much rent, like grey area. <laughs> well, as I say, a lot of the time, as, as I was saying to Rob the other day when we were recording the the, the, the Kanye episode, you know, a lot Kanye of them, <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be coming oh, nice. up soon. But uh, there'll be, um, you know, the, some of them can appear in multiple categories for the same yeah, yeah. or for different reasons. I mean, I suppose there's no rule against putting the same one twice, but um, yeah, but yeah, okay. Cool. I mean, if you think those this, those aspects that are listed actually make a case for them being their their prime aspects, then fair dues. Cool. Mm. Um, what would you say your others then? Um, well, I got I have a couple of picks. I, I couldn't narrow it quite down to one because the two songs are so different. The yeah. first thing on the first few cursory things that I thought was nice about the Lumineers mm. was just the sound of it, the production where it's very warm and it's quite woody sounding yeah, it's got yeah. a very my first pick is classy girls which was the one i accidentally yeah. mentioned last time um yeah and it's a kind of a, it's a sort of carefully crafted lo-fi in a way yeah, yeah, yeah it's sort of it's a nice cross between detail you can make out all of the individual but it's got a lot of deliberate mess like the backing vocals are deliberately i think not mic'd they're done as yeah. a, like bleed into like a room mic and you yeah. can hear you know there's voices in the background and it adds a really warm warm mood to it. And I love the way that the percussion, especially on that first album, yeah. is really airy and pillowy and, and thick. The whole thing has a very inviting sort of humid kind of an atmosphere. It's like a, it's got a sort of summery vibe in a, in a nice way. Yeah, um, definitely. it's an enjoyable track anyway but it's it's just it's got such yeah. a, an inviting ambience to it classy girls so that was yeah, the yeah. first pick the second yeah. one is a track off the second album which i think is yeah i genuinely think is a brilliant song and i was quite shocked yeah. i was about to make a big spiel about kind of oh the, the dynamism of the way the song's structured oh it's such a development Turns out this was yeah. on their first EP from 2009. So that's obviously. Well, I, didn't even know, to be fair. <laughs> I didn't know no, it until I was more digging than me. To be fair. Well, I, I, I learned this. I learned this about an hour and a half ago. Gunsong. Oh, nice. Which okay. I think it keeps the message deliberately simple. Whereas I think yeah. a lot of their songs, like you say, Slow It Down or songs like Jimmy yeah. Sparks or songs like Charlie Boy, which have very yeah. long detailed stories this yeah says something quite poignant about somebody struggling mm. with ideas of quote unquote being a man and traditional yeah. masculine identity with really simple short phrases uh, yeah. i just love the um it's basically it comes down to that very plaintive line that's like you know how how can i become a man how can i live successfully yeah. when i don't own a single gun and then he yeah, finds yeah. that his father all this time had had one yeah. and it's kind of a, it's just it's almost like a true story as well like yeah 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 he literally I, found his father when he was like drowned 
Well, from that, it's just drawn this wonderful story about identity and and what sort of it means to to be a success as you know it's as i say it's traditional masculine identity stuff but it's so wonderfully put and as i say bruce springsteen would be proud of how simple a simple sort of metaphor is used for that it's really effective but beyond that it's almost Mm. the way the song builds and then they Mm. it's almost like post-rock i don't know if you've heard much godspeed you black emperor but I've never heard of them. <laughs> I never thought, I, listening to the first album, I never thought that would be a source of comparison. But yeah. there is a part where it builds up with a kind of a memorable little melody and gradually yeah. it gains steam. And then the strings sort of just loop can become completely dissonant and then suddenly it stops yeah. and goes back to the verse. It really yeah. builds this kind of emotional arc to the track. I find this, it's just a... Yeah. A lovely track, lovely recording, lovely arrangement, and a really yeah. well put sentiment to the track. And it shows a, a more dynamic style. That I think they do pursue more on the second and third yeah. album than the, than the yeah. first. That perhaps people wouldn't be quite as aware of if they just came to it from you know Ho Hey or Classy Girls yeah. or Submarine or something like that. Because like obviously I really like love all the later stuff as well. But like when I was first listening to like the first album, like Gunsong wasn't particularly one of my favorites to be fair. Because I think personally I was so used to hearing the poppy stuff and the sort of like sort of like oh this is all happy and then like obviously like it's more about going up as a man. So so I found it a bit harder to connect. I would say with that yeah, song. Yeah, that's like, that's understandable. But it's also it's not yeah, it's not a very poppy song either. No, it's quite, it's quite subdued and it's very it's quite bleak actually as well. So it's not going to yeah. be, you know, it's, it was never going to be top of the pops. It's was, it was not going to be yeah, one of their yeah. hit, hit singles. But that's partly I why I love like it. I feel like I appreciate the song more though now that I've heard the other albums. Like because I was listening mm. to, um, mm. and like I was listening to it, it's like oh, this have like hits differently now a little bit, but. I think that's just obviously because I've like had the journey of like all the different albums, I guess. But mm. yeah, it's an interesting pick. Yeah, I'm torn between Slow It Down and Stubborn Love, to be honest, but for both different reasons. Like Slow It Down, like the live version of Slow It Down is just beautiful. Like you have you have him doing percussion as well, and it's just the build of him doing percussion on the live version in comparison to the actual album version is just uh beautiful sort of ah. thing like oh it's a tough one to be fair mm. the way they arrange things isn't really rep- represented on slow it down the arrangement no, especially the, the album version because which is just a guitar isn't it yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. yeah. um I'm, yeah i'm gonna have to go for stuff and love i think I mean, as I say, though, there is actually no (laughs) technical, nothing technically stopping us from having that more than once. I can think of another song than Stubborn Love then. Cleopatra is kind of similar to Stubborn Love, I would say, like in the Hmm. sense of like, 
storytelling, the imagery and stuff like that. Um, oh, what's cool about Cleopatra as well is yeah. that kind of from a strictly musical perspective, if they do some things on that, I don't think they do on the debut. Like when they do the yeah. first verse, the melody is just mm. sung over like a strummed single chord, basically. Yeah. And then they they build the harmony around it later on. So I, that's what, yeah. part of what I love about the second album. It's just all a yeah. little bit more dynamic. It's got a bit more ebb and flow to it. Uh, I'm going to go for Cleopatra then instead. Cool. So I drive the taxi And the traffic distracts me From the strangers in my backseat They remind me of you But I was late for this Late for that Late for the love of my life And when I die alone When I die alone When I die I'll be on time The only gifts from my Lord Were birth and death divorce <laughs> I'm just happy it's something off the second album because that's my that's my jam, yeah, as, as the kids album. say nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So cool. <laughs> <Really>? Right. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Okay, now moving on to something that's probably gonna be difficult for both of us for different reasons is what if we must, and we must, if we could find a track which isn't necessarily a track we dislike that contains some of their yeah. what we feel to be their less successful elements, what would it be and what would they be? This is difficult because I kind of took this question in a completely different spin to what you're actually asking. So whether like, obviously as artists, you want to be true to yourself and like your integrity. So this might be controversial because I do cover this song. <laughs> oh. But I'm probably going to say, I'm probably going to say, oh, hey. Because now that I did not expect. Just simply... Yeah, yeah, simply just because I love the song. Like, I think it's, like, great, but I feel like it's just... It feels very commercial and tactical to me, the, the songwriting and, like, the way that they've... It seems forced. I don't know why. Like, listening back now, I don't know if it's just because it was their big break song and it, that's what made them, like, thrown him into the mainstream. But, yeah. The, like, lyrical themes, like... It, it's still got great lyricists on it, but like it's not as interesting as some of the later stuff, I would say. I don't know where I belong. I don't know where I went wrong. But I can write a song. I belong with you. You belong with me in my sweet heart. I belong with you. You belong with me. It's I mean, dead simple, in it? Yeah, I mean, you could you'd probably <laughs> say that on the uh, about sort of a fair bit of the first album. In the first album, the songs are generally shorter, and it's not, yeah, in general, uh, as interested as going, you know, the deep, emotion, emotionally twisted route of uh, certainly the second album. I think there is that. Yeah, it's very sad undercurrent to that album. I think I think it's very autobiographical, as I understand it. A lot of that material, like there's a song, "A Long Way from Home." Yeah. Uh, that's about his father dying, isn't it? Right, they've had three full studio albums. Yeah. They have also had uh, three Christmas singles. Now, oh, one okay. would say that that's rather a large amount of Christmas singles, yeah. and shall I say Christmas cover versions, okay. uh, that are basically like a song people know, 
done in the Lumineer style and I'm a bit like, okay, are you just trying to get on an advert at Christmas? Are you just trying to do an yeah, elbow and a John Lewis advert, are you? Because yeah. I'll be honest, they're not some of their covers outside, you know, the deluxe edition versions. Yeah. Uh, uh, they have a bit of a mixed bag. Like they do a couple of Bob okay. Dylan covers. I'm not sure yeah. they need to exist because they are so much like the original song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's, I just get a bit of that taste with the Christmas ones that it's like, oh, you know, let's let's do a sort of folky version of this because it's Christmas and release it as a standalone single because, you know, yeah. it. <laughs> uh, well, I may be wrong. Maybe they just want to celebrate it in in their in their own yeah. way. But I'm like, look, if if you're gonna do that, please, we don't need more Christmas cover versions. New yeah. songs, please. Write a new Christmas song. Somebody, a new Christmas song yeah. would be lovely. So my what, choice what is... What done for Christmas? And I don't think I really delved into the Christmas stuff, to be honest. They've done Blue Christmas. They've done okay. uh, Silent Night. And they've oh, done... okay. I think I've heard the Silent Night one. Uh, Christmas Baby Come Home, I think, which is a cover of an old uh, Phil Spector number, which, uh, okay. I'll be honest, I really like the original track. Uh, it's very kind yeah. of Phil Spector, very upbeat, sort of female yeah. group sort of yeah. vibe. And uh, Luminous just basically make it depressing. You want to do that. <laughs> well, I'll be honest. I mean, Silent Night isn't bad, but it is just kind of just a silent night, but slightly depressing. Silent night. Holy night. All is calm. So yeah, mine's just any of those. And the only yeah. other ones I was going to say, uh, which might prove a, a little controversial, I think this just shows that we probably look for different mm. things in their music in a way. That sometimes with yeah. tracks, I was going to say, uh, and this will yeah. really hurt, brace yourself. You're going to say slow it down, aren't you? And slow it down. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> no, because. How dare you add <laughs> just because as it's okay yeah. in the case My of, ego's not broke. just feels like they they have a cool either musical or lyrical idea or both yeah and then they kind of keep it going so it feels like it just yeah. caps goes on like a verse or two too long yeah, too long okay um I mean, I see, I see your point, but I less, kind of, less so I, with I, slow I, it down. <laughs> probably more so with Jimmy Sparks, which I, I like. When I first yeah. heard that, like first half of Jimmy Sparks, I'm like, wow, this is really cool. They're trying yeah. something different here. This is uh, a yeah, yeah. kind of like a, a sort of punky folk sort of style. I love yeah, that yeah. vibe, but it kind of mm. doesn't doesn't really stop. And you've got to really be engaged in the narrative, otherwise you just kind of become quite aware that it's circling a bit. But yeah, that's me. Good. And when it came to love, we were not good enough for. Slow it down, and she come back to bed. 
I think I think we've like both made really good points on that. We have similar ideas with the sort of like kind of feel like they're selling out with the both tracks that we've chose, if that makes sense. Like with <laughs> Oh Hey, like obviously they did get it synced to an advert. So it's mm. like whether they purposely wrote that song for the advert, I actually don't know. Mm. But it's it is their usual sort of style. So then I guess I'm more leaning towards your idea of like either one of the Christmas songs. Can't say slow it down. Sorry. <laughs> I, I love Jimmy Sparks, but I understand what you're saying with Jimmy Sparks as well. Like it's it's a bit flat in comparison to everything else. It, it's just it doesn't really go anywhere else musically because it starts quite yeah. It starts quite full on. Well, after the introduction, it starts quite full on. And then yeah. It doesn't really change that drive. It's almost like I can understand mm. if it was a stripped down folk track, but it just kind of just does its thing. It's it's weird because with the third album, they basically turned it into like a sort of mm. they did music videos for every song, but then they released it in the right track order. So they didn't put it in the right track order on the album. When oh, you, oh, I didn't know this. Yeah. yeah. So the, so. When you listen to it like in the order that they put it in, it makes sense in context of everything else. Like it, the story flows really nicely, but like it's just one of them songs which is kind of filler. Oh well, I I feel like I need to reappraise. No wonder the couple of videos that I saw for the third album didn't seem to make any sense. Yeah, <laughs> like the person running like, along the beach in the the salt. I was like, well, it, what? Yeah, because <laughs> like the whole third album explores like alcoholism and sort of like traumatic families and stuff like that and like his yeah. own experiences with like um I don't know if it was mother or whether it was his auntie that like suffered with alcoholism and stuff like that and that glorious um that? yeah 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 wow. so it's more personal I think the third album to them because they literally wrote about people that they know they basically put it out in the cinema I went to go see them 2019 um I actually met them then because I got meet and greet um but as part of meet, as part of their meet and greet, um, they basically give you a signed poster. You're allowed to go to the screening of the album, but mm-hmm. then putting it in the right order. And I get where you're coming from with Jimmy Sparks, and I agree with you on that one completely. But again, in in a different context, it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. My, and I say my comments about slow it down are more about it's more frustration for me because yeah, I want I just want the rest of the song to be a bit. Go somewhere wild Look, musically, um, or yeah, or just can maintain do more with that atmosphere of like the first. Start. I just love the imagery of it, and then it just feels to me like the imagery of the rest of the track is a little more typical. I think that's what I love about it, though, because it just literally follows the same suit and sort of like you you're expecting it to go somewhere. Isn't that like a massive metaphor? It, to me, that song's like kind of about a relationship and this sort of like unsure about resentful feelings, it's like just having the lingering air of not knowing what's happening. So that's how I sort of interpret slow it down. Oh, but yeah, they do linger it out, but I feel like they've purposely done that. So does I, I, that not I, in theory make it smart? <laughs> it, it, yeah, well, as I say, it's entirely subjective opinion of mine. It might. I don't dislike the song. Um, yeah, it's just what I'm looking for in the track. Um, I think we have to go for one of the Christmas songs, then, aren't we? Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I really, I was not expecting it with Ho Hey though, but I know yeah. exactly what you mean. It's kind of, it's one of those tracks. It's a bit like a, it becomes like an albatross in the sense that it's yeah. the big commercial hit. I think it's this kind of overplayed. I think that's yeah. why I'm a bit fed up with it. But even I overplay it myself. Like I can't <laughs> totally. Totally, like, it's now, one now of those you, songs... You could like, do something about that. Just rewrite it like I do with uh, Wonderwall, really, shouldn't I? 
Um, ah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah, this much. Yeah, you do a damn fine Wonderwall. That must be said. Thank kind of, you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if for folks who don't live in Manchester, if you are a singer songwriter or just somebody yeah. who plays the guitar at, at yeah. a bar or a pub or any venue, you are guaranteed to be asked at least once to play Wonderwall. Uh, mm. or at least seven times yeah. and so instead of just refusing Laura has kind of subverted this and simply rewritten the song uh, really <laughs> well <laughs> and did your own kind of I, like I'm just really pissed off of being heckled version it, of it. <laughs> I, yeah, like, I can't you blame you like it and that's your fault for heckling me sort of thing <laughs> so what shall we say should we go for Ho Hey or should we go for one of the Christmas ones I feel like Ho Hey is like it's hard because obviously it is like one of the most popular songs but just purely for the fact it feels a bit of a sell-out song for me, to be honest. I'm, I'm happy I'm to go totally. with Oh Hey. I'm happy to go with one of the Christmas songs. I mean, they're both kind of, they do perhaps represent a little bit more of a cynical side to the group. So, yeah, probably I'm going to go for Ho Hey then. Sure. Ho Hey. Well, I did not expect that. I feel like a lot of people will be surprised <laughs> about that. I think it's just one of them songs that I feel 100% comfortable playing. Like it's one of them songs when I'm nervous. I know I can smash that song out easily, so. <laughs> I don't think you're right for him. Think of what it might have been. Took a bus to Chinatown. I'd be standing on canal. And Bowery. She'd be standing next to me. Well, cool. Right. Well, that brings us to our final category, which is oh. what track represents where the group are now. Okay. What? Wow. So I just thought this was a general question and I forgot that I needed to associate a song with this one. Um, so they're currently in the studio recording their fourth album, aren't they? I don't know. Um, I'm, I might ask you to go first on this one because I need to have a more think about it. Okay, okay. See so where you. I'll, I'll just. No throw, uh, I, I've got a couple. Uh, they're both just from the last album. It's nothing too imaginative or off the beaten track. But it, the interesting thing is, for me, the last album, as I think we've discussed a little bit already, the third album. Uh, it mm. seems to me there's like there are a lot of different directions going on there, but oddly, yeah. It seems like part of them is really alluding back to the first album, stylistically. Yeah. I mean, particularly mm. a song like Gloria. If it weren't yeah. for the slightly darker subject matter, it could fit on the first album, I think. Yeah, definitely. It's very yeah, bright, yeah. upbeat, all the percussion is back in the scene. It's got that, you know, it's got a similar clap along feel, even though thematically it is yeah. quite a bit darker. Uh, but then on the other end of the scale, you've got the ones at the end that are uh, yeah. towards the end. They get a little more experimental. They're yeah. changing their style up, um, perhaps moving away from the strict folky side of things. Because yeah. with Jimmy, I mean, Jimmy Sparks, which, as I say, overall, I do really like, you know, it is very much perhaps more so than others. It's a strict folk song in its form. 
and the fact yeah. that it's a narrative it has a beginning and an end and it has a, even has a model yeah. that they bring back uh, but at the same time the way it's rendered it's more rocky than most yeah, of yeah. the other stuff they've done you know not in a classic like folk rock sort of a way but in more of a yeah. jaggy punky sort of way and I, I find that quite appealing yeah. but the other actual pick was the final track uh, of the original yeah. album not the deluxe edition which was the salt yeah. of the sea which um it's it is obviously them. It uses the same sort of instrumental palette. You know, you've got the piano, yeah. you've got the strings back in, in the background and things. So all the yeah. elements are there, but they're being used to create something a bit more cinematic. It sounds more like an orchestral pop song because they've got like the arpeggios on the piano. It's got quite a complex yeah, yeah, piano yeah. part and it feels like they're playing very straight with the rhythm to give it a very sort yeah. of large, almost martial sound. Yeah. I think, yeah. and I, think I have to agree with you on this one. Jeremiah, who's like the drummer, but also he plays the piano. Um, mm. He's released his own piano album. Oh, so okay. I can, I, I, I can see, can see him going and the band sort of going into that direction. So Salt and Sea is probably a good representation of that. To be fair, like you said, like with the arpeggios on the piano yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's got a sort of the whole thing. The chorus sounds like it's got a more almost got a slightly Bond esque sound. Reminds me a little bit of Skyfall or something, which is not yeah, very yeah. typically in their ballpark. But they uh, now you've said yeah. it's connected to that. You know, the, the, the all of these videos is a sort of coherent narrative that makes a lot more yeah. sense. <laughs> that they're actually mm. going for something cinematic. That's like okay. Yeah, yeah the doctors with their medicine left. Rock in my field From the destruction Out of the flame You need a villain Give me a name I'll be your friend In the days like again Watching it all together and like in the correct order Like it's you don't see a lot of artists do that nowadays and it's like like in comparison to like back in the day where you had like concept albums and stuff like that yeah I suppose like, so. yeah it's, a bit it's different. nice to have that multimedia aspect i think i mean it's uh, yeah and i i think the problem with the way i approach music is that i'm very much i'm like a sort of real headphone listener you know like analyzing the details yeah. and i forget that there's the elements you know you've got the visual aspect, you've got the dance yeah. aspect, you've got just the environment of the venue and things like that. And yeah. I can so easily overlook those things. Uh, and it, it yeah. does show the shortcomings in my own, <laughs> my own appreciation. You know, it's weird. I used to be very similar. Like I used to be very deep into like, oh, what does this mean? And like, why did they use this <laughs> instrument and stuff like that? But then I went to BIM. So, and that destroyed everything that I knew about music. Um, <laughs> And just turn me into a pop machine. Um, no, could you, could um, you just explain to those uh, who, who are unfamiliar? It's a good place, right? It's, it's basically a universe, music university and college. Um, they teach stuff like songwriting and like guitars and vocals and stuff like that. But like, it's just, um, they teach you, they teach you like everything that you need to be to be like a successful sort of like artist. But yeah. Like, it just, it feels calculated. Like I came out of BIM and then like, I was just like, oh my God, like I need to write pop songs. I need to make sure it's in this structure. And like, I kind of got into oh, the sort of yeah. like, it got me into the headspace of 
I've lost the fun of it now. It was weird. They kind of taught us like the whole visual side mm. of it. So I think that's probably why I look more into the sort of like mm. visual as- aspects of it now. Because like we did like this thing called performance in context where basically you got marked on your performance, but literally it wasn't just a song element of it on your songwriting. It was literally mm. how you performed it, what you had on stage, like literally down to like the lights you had. Like Oh, wow. No, no pressure. Like, it was intense. Blimey. Yeah, I know. Like, I, I literally went into this, like, the university course thinking, oh, yeah, I'm going to write some songs. It's going to be fun. going to meet some people. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> What's this machine that I've been put into? Sort of oh, thing. But, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't um, think it says huge amounts about how well you felt about the experience. You've used the term machine about 20 times to describe it. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oops. <laughs> I think, um... It's a good place to go if you want to become a machine. If you look into every aspect of it, but if it Mm. personally for me, like it kind of took the joy out of music and writing, if that makes sense, because I feel like it was a bit more formulated. Yeah, I I I understand. As I had at the time, Um, but yeah, I would say Salt and Sea is a good representation of where they're heading. Though, yeah, I haven't really had chance to think of the final song to be honest. But (laughs) well. I'm, I, I, it's just nice to be sort of have my opinions validated by someone who knows and is a lot more yeah. familiar with the group than I am. So uh, I was yeah. worried about just being completely off base with this stuff. So. No, no, it's fine. You you have like a lot of knowledge about it, and like I feel like I have I've came into this podcast sort of like not really thinking deeply enough about it. If that makes sense. So like speaking to you about it, it's been quite eye opening. Yes. Things, you, you didn't you didn't have to because you've got like years of experience you probably know these songs yeah. inside out i yeah. the only reason i'm like pointing out the details is kind of i've literally over the last couple of weeks been cramming and taking notes yeah, yeah. so it's <laughs> i had <laughs> to do this in order to kind of um have the same stuff yeah. to talk about because otherwise yeah. my, you know i've not got the same emotional flavor to the experience if you know yeah what I mean. <laughs> i'm glad that we balanced each other out i've kind of gave you the sort of like oh this is why I like it because it sounds pretty, and you're used to like. I, like this <laughs> I think it was a bit more to it than that. But, <laughs> but no, I mean, you brought a lot of other dimensions to it of the understanding of how yeah. they do things live, how they structure things, how they do things, you know, outside the medium of the the record mm. itself. And that, as I've said before, is something that I I overlook. But anyway, it looks like we're keeping this to a decent length. So, do you think? Do you think Salt in the Sea then? It's a decent Sea, yeah. It's a good representation of where they want to sort of head. And like Jeremiah, uh, the drummer and pianist, is uh, getting more into his sort of piano stuff. I reckon that's the way it's going to head. Excellent. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. I'll let the darkness swallow me whole. I need to find you, need you to know. Well, I realise I've not been writing these down as bloody usual. So let's see if I can remember the picks we've had for each category. And if not, uh, (laughs) I'll just overdub it like a Kanye one because I I actually forgot to put this section on at all. So, uh, (laughs) yep. So for influences, uh, 
we went with Charlie Boy. We did. For the everyday archetypal sound, we had a yeah. draw between oh, Dub and Love <laughs> and yeah. your pick of... Oh, what did I say now? <laughs> Uh, oh wait, every day. Um, I said Ophelia. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah. Stubborn love and Ophelia. You yeah. See, that, that'll all be edited together, and it won't. No one will know yeah. the time we spent <laughs> rifling through notes to find that. Yeah. Right. For the best, the best elements. If we landed on, was it Cleopatra? Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I'm glad to see yeah. so much representation for the second album on this. I'm yeah. appreciating that. For number four, the track that represents their worst elements, we went somewhat surprisingly for Ho Hey. Yeah. And finally, for where we feel they are now, what represents perhaps where they're going to go, it was the final mm. track of the album three, uh, Salt and the Sea. Yeah. Right. Well, Sounds thank good. you very much, Laura, for coming no on and helping me out with this. Thank you for introducing yeah. me to the Lumineers. And, it's okay. Um, I'm glad you've enjoyed them. It's nice you. hearing other people's like sort of fresh airs on them as well. It's been a really fun experience. Cheers. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Let's say if you ever want yeah. to come back on, back on and discuss someone else sometime, you're more than welcome. Oh man, I could talk about Pink for for a while as well. To be honest, you see, <laughs> I know a couple of Pink tracks, but it might yeah. be interesting. Thank you very much, Laura. Really appreciate having you on. Uh, no. Thank you, everybody uh, yeah. at home or on the bus or jogging or whatever you're doing. Or I don't know, maybe you're stuck in a room and you can't turn this off and it's just playing all around you and it's like a horrible nightmare. But thank you for <laughs> listening anyway. And I hope you'll join us again soon. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>